Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show, the T-H-E, C.L. Bryant Show, down Download that free in your app store. The app is free. And if you don't get both hours of the show, both hours, two hours of the show, be sure to get the app. All the shows are archived there. And, of course, go to, um, of course, C.L. Bryant um, web um, no, or C.L. Bryant show dot com and follow me on Twitter Twitter at uh, Rev, R-E-V, at Rev, C-L Bryant. Again, thank all of you for coming along with us as we broadcast around the globe, throughout the fruited plains of America, over our flagship station, Red State, Red State Talk, and, of course, uh, other terrestrial stations in replay. want to thank Loving Liberty for bringing us into their family and the Liberty Roundtable as well. I have told you all this week that Jane and I will be headed for Colorado here uh, in just a few days, uh, about 10 days and counting, um, and uh, we're going to expand our footprint, our radio footprint, and uh, others uh, there in Colorado, the Rocky Mountain State, absolutely majestic in uh, many, many places, not very many places you can go there that you can't find uh, and see that purple mountain majesty. In fact, um, Jane and I were up in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, a couple of years back, and we stayed at this place called the Broadmoor. And if you haven't had a chance to visit the Broadmoor in um, Colorado, in, Col- in um, Steamboat Springs, Colorado, be sure to do it. And as you're looking out your um, window toward the mountains there at um, the Broadmoor, you will see at a certain time of the day the light on those mountains uh, cast a purple hue. Yeah, it'll, it'll cast a purple hue. And it is said that the writer of um, the song America the Beautiful, uh, when uh, she wrote the, the part about for purple mountain majesty above the fruited plains, that is the view 
that she was inspired by when she wrote those words for Purple Mountain Majesty above the fruited plains, you know, uh, the song. But that is the, the view that she was saying, a Coloradan view there of those mountain of that mountain range. Well, folks, um, you know, the Purple Mountain Majesty in America is still uh, the land of the free, the home of the brave, and it is the America the beautiful in so many ways, except for what's going on uh, in Washington, D.C. with wandering brow uh, Jerry Nadler. Yeah, wandering brow. I don't know if that's uh, his native uh, American name or not, but uh, wandering brow is what I'm dubbing him. Of course, the president had dubbed him Fat Jerry. And back in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Back in the 80s. I think I told you this a couple of days ago that uh, back in the 80s, the president dubbed him Fat Jerry. And I guess uh, for that reason, Jerry Nettler has not been a big, huge Trump uh, supporter since then. I don't blame him. You know, I mean, somebody uh, called uh, me fat CL, I guess, because I'm not fat. CL is not fat. No, don't get it wrong. CL is not fat in any way, shape, or form. But, um, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a chubby face. I've always had that as a little boy, since I was a little boy. But I'm not, never have been fat. I have been overweight at times in my life, especially in my 45, 40, nearly 46 years with my wife. Um, the food had been so great by Chef Jane that uh, I had gained more weight than necessary. And uh, so my church sisters fixing those great cakes and pies and uh, dinners for um, the pastor uh, when I was uh, in the pulpit ministry. Uh, Their food was so good uh, that, uh, yeah, I picked up some weight, but I've never been fat. But Jerry Nadler, evidently back in New York City, and if you're looking at him today or whenever you've, you've seen him this week, uh, Jerry Nadler's kind of kind of rotund. He's robust. And, and hey, listen, I'm not fat bashing anybody. So please, please just save it. OK, could you could you just do that? Because <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm repeating what Trump said. In 1980, about Jerry Nadler, Gerald Nadler, he said he called him Fat Jerry, and Nadler's never forgiven him for it. So Fat Jerry, with his wandering brow, is now uh, doing his best to have the last laugh. But unfortunately, the last laugh is not going to be on Donald John Trump. Fortunately, fortunately, the last laugh is not going to be on Donald John Trump. And unfortunately for Jerry Nadler, I think the only thing that people are going to remember him for is being the wandering brow overweight chairman of this uh, insidious, silly committee that has brought on uh, these professors in this last these last few days trying to bring some credibility to the Democrats argument that somehow Trump violated his presidential duties by making sure that our money was not going to people who would steal it. Are you hearing me? That's all the president was doing. That's all it boils down to is that the president was making sure that our money, your money, my money, did not go to a new president of the Ukraine who would steal it along with his 
cohorts there in the Ukraine. Uh, obviously, the Ukraine had no meddling, even Mitt Romney saying this. Yeah, and um, with a friend like Mitch, Mitt, well, Mitt, Mitt Romney, with a friend like Mitt, Mitt Romney, an ally like Mitt Romney, you really don't need a whole bunch <laughs> of people against you. But even Mitt is saying that there is no evidence, and it may be his way of sort of reining himself back in for being such a, I don't know, ninny. <laughs> and, and when you talk about, hey, listen, folks. When you talk about someone who is sour grapes, and I hate to say this about Mitt because Mitt's a very decent guy. I, I met Mitt on a couple of occasions. I had dinner with uh, his wife, Ann Romney, wonderful, wonderful lady. And she would have been the shining jewel if he had made the White House, if he had gotten into the White House. Ann Romney would have been a, an incredible, an incredible first lady. Wonderful, wonderful American woman. But uh, talk about sour grapes. When you look at Hillary Clinton, sour grapes, and when you look at Mitt Romney, the reason that they appear to be such horses patooties is because they their their mouths are puckered over their defeats. Both of them want to blame someone else for their defeat, but both of them have only themselves to blame. Yeah, Mitt could have beaten Barack Obama by simply reminding America that during his father's tenure as governor of the great state of Michigan, that Michigan was the most prosperous state in America, uh, taking into account that you had Detroit, Flint, Pontiac, and those places there which were the crown jewels of uh, American life as far as wages, jobs, and industry were concerned. Yeah. Detroit was the wealthiest city on earth during the heyday of Mitt Romney, uh, his father, George Romney, uh, as governor. Yeah. Black people in Michigan under George Romney, Mitt Romney's father. Um, they were the most prosperous of all other ethnic groups in the country. Black people in Michigan were the most prosperous of all other ethnic groups in this nation. Detroit was the envy of the world. 
And, of course, the outlying cities, Flint and Pontiac, who had, uh, you know, subsidiary plants and so forth there and business there as an offshoot of the automobile industry, uh, benefited from all that. Twenty five years after George, after Romney's father, George Romney, left the office of governor. What happened? What happened then to Detroit, Flint, Pontiac, Battle Creek? What happened to them? I'll tell you what happened. Democrats. uh, Liberalism. Socialism. Communism. Marxism. Democrats. That's what happened to it. It only took. 25 years, not really that long, but 25 years for anybody to start talking about it really bad for it to be so noticeable that, you know, you, you just could not miss it for the Democrat policies to take Detroit from being the wealthiest, most productive envy of the world city to a city on skid row Flint the same way. Pontiac, same way. Battle Creek, same way. It was Democrat policies that did the trick. And so Mitt could have won the race if he had reminded people of how prosperous Michigan was under his father and then vowed to make America great again (laughs) the way Michigan was back under George Romney. Hillary Clinton. Hey, the only thing he had to do was get out and campaign, but Hillary was lazy and she felt entitled. Hillary did not think that there was any way possible that she could lose states that she lost, but she didn't go campaign in them. And so she lost, but she cries sour grapes now. And Fat Jerry, as Donald Trump called him, I am not fat bashing, but but Donald Trump called him Fat Fat Jerry back in the 80s. Fat Jerry is now trying to get even because uh, he, uh, he was insulted by Donald John Trump ages ago. And this is his get even point. Not going to work. That's all you've been seeing, folks, is vendetta. Vendetta for a loss. And it's just bad politics. Any idiot can tell you that. And the witnesses that they have paraded in front of you these last uh, few uh, weeks, up until this present time, have been very ineffective. Are you aware of that? You are aware that they're, they're very ineffective. They're talking about things that never happened. And they're hoping that somehow you are dumb enough to buy into it. Yeah, first of all, there was no uh, exchange of anything. There were no favors done. The Ukrainians... How loudly do they have to say it? Did not even know that uh, the funds were being held up. They had no clue. The Ukrainians, the president, uh, and everybody involved 
as far as that particular Trump call was concerned, it was coming at a call, a telephone call, no actions or anything. We're talking about words, not deeds. Everything, all of this is centered around words, not deeds. You are, you are understanding that, right? Everything that's going on here now is centered around words, not deeds. And it's centered around one word in particular called favor, which evidently never came about. Favor never granted, never realized, and the outcome of this type of favor never uh, materializing is what this is all about. Words, not deeds. This is centered around the question, and, and this is why you cannot vote for the Democrats in 2020 because they are so sophomoreish, so snowflakeish that they would actually thwart, hold up, stymie the people's business over words and not deeds. And when it comes to their deeds, what were they elected? What were they elected to do? They were elected to take care of our business. Have they done that? Are they doing that? Who no, that ain't happening. It's not happening at all. And so the president's dealing with a lot of um, people who evidently are two faced. Uh, the Democrats, not talking about the Democrats necessarily, but uh, when you take a, a switch from that, when you switch the track to the president's visit um, to the uh, uh, summit this this past week, world leaders, he's running into a lot of two faced people. And uh, after this uh, short uh, break here, we're going to talk about how this is just absolutely um, par for the course, but highly uh, unusual as far as the attitude toward an American president. Now, I'm pretty sure that there was some two-facedness going on as far as Barack Obama was concerned. Of course, all the world leaders lauded him as the first black president of the United States. But um, I'm pretty sure behind his back, uh, Vladimir knew that he was a lightweight. The Chinese knew he was a lightweight. The English, even the Queen, knew he was a lightweight. But they never uh, wanted him to know this. So I think he did. Because there's one thing about Barack. Barack is a very intelligent guy. He's full of himself. There's no question about it. Every president must be to be president. But in his heart of hearts, Barack had to know that he was a lightweight I'll be back. We're going to talk about that when I return. Don't go anywhere.
This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. C.L. back with you on this great day in the USA. And I don't know where you are in our great land, but where I am right now, still in my home state of Louisiana, it is an absolutely, it's an absolute uh, chamber of commerce type of day. Uh, blue skies, great sunshine, about 65, uh, maybe 70 degrees outside. Not supposed to get any warmer than that. Um, I think the lows are going to be in the upper 40s uh, tonight. Just absolutely perfect, pitch perfect. Uh, perfect fall weather here. I, uh, Jane and I, uh, say it to you again, are on our way to Colorado. We're locating up there to start a whole new chapter in our lives. And, uh, of course, I also want to t- say to you that uh, coming right after the first of the year to this very air, Black Voices for Trump. Yes, Black Voices for Trump, of which I am one of the original uh, founding board members of uh, Black Voices for Trump. Uh, We'll be coming up here right on this show. Yes, it will. And uh, looking forward to you uh, coming along with us and hearing just how uh, the landslide and the siphoning off of black votes from the Democrat Party is going. And friends, it is going to be something to watch the absolute chaos, the ant pile being kicked and uh, seeing how the Democrats are going to be scurrying to curry favor and keep in their camp the black vote. It'll be interesting to see how then they will try to rope in to replace that black vote, the brown vote. I hate that we have to talk about uh, Americans in colors as uh, it, late as uh, 2020, uh, 2019 and 2020. But that is the way it is. That's it is what it is. OK. And so we deal with it. Democrats are going to have to deal with it. And so are we now. Now, now, listen, I was talking about uh, uh, Donald Trump having to deal with two faced people. And any of you who have lived life at all, you know, you've 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 lived a little. And, hey, you may not have lived a long time. You don't have to live a long time to experience folks who are two faced. Do you? No, you don't. 
oh, that can happen in a split second. Uh, you're talking to this guy uh, or you're talking to somebody, whoever it might be. You're talking to this woman, this friend of yours, whatever. Uh, well, it's not a true friend if they're two-faced, but you may be talking to somebody and they say something to you and they hee-hee-ha-ha in your face and oh yeah you're a great guy pat you on the back and uh you know uh, call you brother and all that kind of thing and um then you um walk off and uh you come back and their backs turn to you but you overhear him saying uh something like you know he's really so full of himself he's an idiot uh i just can't stand that guy you know oh yeah i have to make make like i, I like him because he has stuff i want <laughs> oh, oh, it's kind of hurting. It kind of kind of stings a little bit to hear that kind of thing. But um uh, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how just how that game plays out. Yeah, you'd be surprised how that game plays out. Cuz it does play out quite often. Quite readily in our journey as human beings, you never know these days who you may trust. And in Washington, D.C., um, it is often said that if you want a friend, get a dog on the international um, uh, relationship uh, with American presidents and uh, world leaders. American presidents know that if you um, want a friend, a true friend, get a dog. One of the things that have um, certainly uh, brought um, concern at times to my ears, at least, is the president is so quick to call people friends. And I don't think he means it in the, in the sense that uh, you and I might, might mean it. I, I think he means it in, in terms of uh, offering an olive branch to those who he knows are not our friends. And uh, he's always putting himself in a position where he can say, well, I called you friend. Which leaves upon that person that you called friend the burden of being one. When you call someone a friend, you actually leave them with the burden of being a friend. Which strengthens your hand when they prove to be unfaithful as the friend you describe them to be. And Trump is very, very good at making sure that he puts himself in that position to call people unfaithful who act unfriendly toward America. He's brilliant at it. He's absolutely brilliant. Uh, that, 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 that's what it gives him the opportunity to, to say and hold the Chinese feet to the fire. It gives him the opportunity to hold the Russians feet to the fire. It's because he has called them friend. You don't know. You don't know how to do. If you have not read the art of the deal, and of course that's not really in the art of the deal, but he's making. He's always. He's always pushing the deal. You see, here, friend, and and so that is um, what uh, and what causes Siri to come on <laughs> when uh, you have done nothing to have Siri come on is um, absolutely a mystery to me. It uh, may not be such a mystery when you take into account that such strange things do occur to conservative talk radio host, right? So, Siri, if you're listening or whoever you are that's listening, listen on because, friend, uh, we have trusted these iPhones and maybe, just maybe, they are unfaithful as 
well. So, Justin Trudeau, a couple of days ago, uh, was there with uh, the president in London and... Um, you know, the interview went very well. And yes, Donald, thank you, Donald, uh, for, you know, the kind words and, and all of that type of thing. Only to be um, called out by the president for not paying his 2%. Yeah, France, France is one of those countries that, I mean, not France, but Canada is one of those countries. Trudeau is the word Trudeau is more that threw me. It is absolutely French, uh, but um, Canada is one of those um, nations that is not ponying up the way they should pony up. And Trump called him out on it. And evidently, Justin Trudeau did not like it. And he told people he didn't like it. And so when Trump was having a, a meeting uh, with um, Angela Merkel, he said that um, Trudeau is a nice guy, but the truth uh, is I called him out on um, the fact that he's not paying 2%, and I guess he's not happy about it. So he decided to sort of take a dig at the president on an open mic and um, Macron and uh, Trudeau, uh, France and Trudeau were, I guess, um, having a conversation and evidently Trudeau questioned whether or not, um, you know, Trump was all there as they always do. So Trump called him two faced and he is. And, and, and let me let me say this to you folks, and all of you know that this is so. If, you, if you've lived any, any, any length of time, you know this is so. There are people, and America being the nation that it is, we run this risk and we know that we run this risk. But here, here, here it is. There are people in your life, your individual life, if you've accomplished anything, if you have some merit, uh, or if you just may be a little bit better off than someone else, there are people that you will run across that only want you around as long as they can use you. Are you, are you hearing me? Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm saying something to somebody here right now. They only want you around as long as they can use you. Oh, it may be a relative, a uh, child, a brother, a sister, a mother, a father. Uh, it could be a wife. It could be that. Be a girlfriend, boyfriend. It could be that. It could be just um, uh, a close acquaintance of yours could be a business associate, but they only want you around as long as they can use you. And they really have nothing good to say about you. If they're in your behind your back, but in your presence, Oh, they make you believe that they think that the sun rises and set where you walk. Now, 
friends, um, I don't mean to create any type of uh, suspicion in the minds of those who have not lived life uh, and experienced these types of individuals, but, and I certainly don't want to be, uh, appear to be so jaded that uh, I sound bitter, that I myself have experienced these types of people. But if you've lived at any point in time um, in the business world, if you've uh, lived in such a way where you've developed uh, long-term relationships with people over a period of years, you're going to experience people who only want you around and only need you around as long as they can use you. America is that nation that people have used and abused for years in the modern era. And you ask yourself, you may ask yourself, why is it that this president is so hated? And, and, and that is not the strong, that is not too strong a word. I used to think it was, I used to think that uh, saying that Trump was hated, um, it was, was too strong a word uh, for people to use. But I am saying to you that it is not. This president is hated. Not only um, uh, in, in the uh, Communist News Network, CNN, and all of its um, uh, compatriots, MSNBC, you know, ABC, CBS, NBC, the usual suspects. Not only is he hated among them, he is hated among world leaders. He is hated among establishment Republicans, certainly hated among the Democrat swamp creatures. He's hated. And the reason for it is because he has exposed the game that had been played against America in using them for whatever comfort gain that those who were using us could use us for. He's exposed it. And in many cases, he has stopped it. And somebody has asked, uh, well, uh, he said he's going to drain the swamp. Well, he's doing it. And the swamp creatures are fighting tooth and nail to remain in the tepid, putrid waters of the old era D.C. swamp. Even those who uh, came into office with Trump did not really want it to change. They wanted things to remain the same. And certainly the world leaders, certainly China wanted things to remain the same. Russia wanted things to remain like they were under Obama. The Iranians certainly wanted things to remain the way they were under Obama when he sent them pallets, truckloads of money. They wanted things to remain the same. Chinese, no doubt about it. 
But when he began to dismantle restrictions and roll back uh, business restrictions on business and uh, when America actually started thriving again, you began to see the total dislike and the disappointment over this president uh, winning this election turn in to hate. I pray for our president daily because of this turning into hate. You're vilified too. Those of you who are supporting you're vilified. You see, uh, as I have said and others have said over a period of time, uh, when we're talking about the difference in the way Democrats and Republicans approach each other, it's as simple as understanding this. When we approach the Democrats on their misdeeds and their folly, we say that they are wrong. Their policy is wrong. And we then proceed to try and vote them out of office. However, when they speak of us and what they uh, disagree with as far as we are concerned, the Democrats relate and refer to conservatives and Republicans, certainly uh, supporters of Trump, as evil. Evil is uh, a uh, entity that you want to destroy and utterly drive out from among you. That's what you uh, do with evil. You destroy it. You hurt it. You, you, you do everything you can to stymie it because you have painted it as evil. And what have the Democrats done? They believe their own reports. Oh, CNN's Don Lemon. He believes he, he believes that crap that he's talking about. He believes that. Yeah. Chris Cuomo, same way. Chris Cuomo, so funny. And Rachel Maddow, so funny. They're, they They believe this. But you don't, I certainly hope, believe a word that they're saying. Because just like Justin Trudeau, they are two-faced. When you see what Joe Biden did, what Hillary Clinton did, with what Obama did, tell Vladimir I'll be more flexible after the election. When you see what they did and how CNN glossed all over that, and the, the progressive news media glossed all over that, they're two-faced. We'll continue with more after this short break. C.L. Bryant Show returns. You thought I'm a 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back on this great day in the USA. Glad to be here with you on this day that we can truly look out over the plains of the uh, bayous and plains of Louisiana and say it is a day that is absolutely uh, a glorify a day that glorifies our creator. Almighty God. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful outside. And um, let me um, be quick to say this as well. Uh, Speaking of how glorified God is in all of this. And and, and I even see it. I even see his hand in um, this election. Yeah, in this upcoming election, uh, I, I definitely, we definitely saw it. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, we definitely saw it um, in the 2016 election, in the defeat of, of Hillary Rotten Clinton. Yeah, we saw it. And I do believe that we're seeing the hand of God um, even now being exercised as we head toward 2020. And I pray his protection and hedge around our president, his family, because not only are they uh, on the attack against him, but you actually have um, idiot knuckleheads uh, just last week, uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, booing the first lady, Melania, who in, in my estimation is absolutely marvelous, 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 marvelous woman. They were booing her for what? I don't know. She was there to talk about the evils of opioid addictions and what we can do about it. If you're an American, uh, understanding the evil of this addiction and what's happening in this country, as far as that's concerned, how then do you boo the first lady of the United States who's come to offer help? How do you boo her? Even if you don't like her husband, how... How do you with a straight, how how do you with any uh, real sense of um, intelligence boo Melania Trump? If you are a uh, fashion magazine and see, this is this with a hypocrisy. This is how deep it goes. If you are a fashion magazine with a 
uh, first lady that has the facial bone structure of Melania Trump. How do you not have her on the face of your 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 magazine? I, I mean, I mean, hey, you talk about a face that launches a thousand ships. Hers is one. She has the bone structure of an absolute goddess. Oh, yeah, I could go on and on about that. But so does my wife. <laughs> oh, yeah, so does Jane. But now, but now listen to me. Listen to me. Here we are looking at the 2020 vote and the evangelical vote talking about glorifying God. The evangelical vote, uh, according to Jerry Falwell, Jr., uh, who is now teamed up with Charlie Chris, uh, Kirk, Charlie Kirk, who um, they're working together trying to educate uh, college students. When you look at the evangelical vote, Falwell is saying that the evangelical vote is firmly wrapped around Trump. I agree with that. And what puzzles me in so many cases, what really, really puzzles me is this. I run into Christian people, people of faith, whatever faith it is, um, who... And, and, and I also always come away with this feeling that somehow these folks who say what I'm about to tell you, uh, I come away with this feeling that they, they believe they're better than, than, than I am. They're better than you are. They're better than anybody. Because they're righteous and you're not. Which does, by its own core and definition, describe self-righteousness, right? At least that's what I think. But um, they ask a question sometimes when especially, um, you know, some follow me on Twitter at Rev CL Brian. I've had these people attack me uh, and and um, ask these questions. And there was a big hoopla about a month ago over this on my Facebook page. Go to my Facebook page. Um, I was asked, how could I being a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Support someone who is as um, vile an actor as Trump has been in the past. How could I support him? How could I even think of supporting him in any way? And friends, I, I got to tell you, that, that just shot all over me. Because... Of again, we're using we're talking about the word hypocrisy here today. And if we're going to deal with it, we have to deal with it in all aspects. It shot all over me because, you know, here you are calling yourself a Christian. Which means. Uh, a Christ follower. Which mean that at one time you didn't follow Christ. Now, it's one thing to be baptized into the church as a Catholic or what have you, but it's an entirely different thing to be a Christian. 
In fact, uh, many Catholics will say outright, uh, you say, are you a Christian? They say, no, I'm Catholic. Uh, you ever heard? You ever hear hear that? Now I come from a family that has many Catholics in it. In fact, my father uh, was Catholic. I have Catholic roots myself, but I'm evangelical now. I'm a I'm a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. I'm a disciple of Christ. But I have asked many in my family. I have asked friends who are Catholics, uh, you know, about the Christianity thing. They say, "No, I'm Catholic." And, of course, that's a a matter of being baptized into the church, christened, you know, and baptized into the church. So you're part of the church from then on. But, friends, uh, that does not necessarily make you a Christian, a follower of Christ. Meaning that uh, at one time you had to have had some type of conversion in your life as far as uh, your turning away from this and headed toward that. Are you, are you hearing me? You had to have some point where you made a conversion. The whole point that I'm making is those who would like to vilify Donald John Trump for having been a billionaire playboy. They are hypocrites if they call themselves Christians because it means that at one time you were not. And if you are going to tear him down for what he once was, then how can you live with yourself? Hypocrite. Oh, outside, Jesus said this, you're like um, whited tombs, you know, been whitewashed, beautiful, sparkling tombs on the outside. But if you could get a look at your, and you know what I found, you know what I have found? I have found that people, it's like being an ex-smoker, which I am one. I'm an ex-smoker. I've been gone from cigarettes for 20 years, maybe longer ex-smoker and um, I cannot stand the smell of cigarette smoke on people clothes certainly not in a building and and please if I get in oh my goodness uh, I could just strangle an uber driver who comes to get me and I get into his car, they begin to pull off and I realize that this guy has just finished smoking in here. Oh, it just, it just tears me up. So a lot of Christians are like that with their former selves. They just can't stand Anyone who may still have a little smoke on them, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, that's not the wrong thing, but it's, 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 it's not taking into consideration what you once were, you see. So that's hypocrisy there. And it also, um, I have found that people who have, still these hidden things that they don't really want you to know about like 
Hillary Clinton and um, uh, Joe Biden and others that we could name, they are the most um, zealots. They're the biggest zealots against um, things that they are doing themselves. Oh, yeah, I'm always cautious of someone who's always uh, jumping up and down, jumping up and down about, uh, you know, how they just hate adulterers. They just hate they hate drug addicts and people who smoke pot and people who drink. I'm always cautious of those type people Uh, if they're they're just overly, overly, uh, you know, vindictive overly you know vindictive toward people who have these um problems i'm i'm cautious of people who protest too much <laughs> you know what i'm saying uh, yeah yeah I've always taken the approach, and I guess I always will. You live and you let live because I know that all of you, all of me, have sinned and come short of God's glory even in on my best day. I know that that is true. Even though I try to live the best life I can live, uh, I, I fail every time. It's, the, it's Christ living in me, the hope of glory that gives me any shot at being anything other than an abject failure. I'll tell the world that. And I'm always suspicious of these people who are always coming so hard at Donald John Trump for having been a billionaire playboy. What do you expect billionaire playboys to do? Solomon was one. Yeah, King David's son, Solomon. Yeah. Uh, King David was one. Yeah. Uh, The Apostle Paul was from a very good family. But um, Paul had um, not only skeletons in his closet, Paul still had bodies in his closet (laughs) when he was converted. And we want to talk about this conversion that is going on in America right now. Seeing this administration perform the way it is. When I return after the top of the hour with more of the C.L. Bryant Show. 